Hey, Super Gluer, so glad you're back today. We're going to continue our series on the seven habits of highly effective people. And we're going to talk about habit two, beginning with the end in mind. So, hey, this one is really about having a clear destination in your mind of where you are headed, right? And so, Sometimes in our lives, we are super busy. We're just busy, 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 busy. And we are going, going, going. And we are not really pausing to really understand why we're so busy and where we're headed and what we're doing with all of our busyness, you know? And some of that is a consequence of, you know, raising children or just having like a stressful job or, you know, being super glowers, having so much on our plates, so many people relying on us. So what Covey talks about in this section of the book is that we can literally use our imaginations to develop a vision of what we want to become and use our conscience to decide what values will guide us. So I have to reveal that when I was a principal And if you know my story, you know that I wanted to be a principal since I was 12 years old. That was the first time I told my parents that I wanted to grow up and be a school principal. I was 12. Like, who does that? What a weird thing to say when you're 12. But okay, that's what it was. When I became a principal, honestly, it was so different than what I had imagined since I was a 12-year-old little girl. And by the way, I waited a really long time or what felt like a really long time in my career to become a principal because I was, you know, Mark and I were raising two girls and I had gotten very sick and we had had, you know, a lot of ups and downs and the timing was never right. And, um, I finally was like, okay, the girls are older and we're ready and I'm healthy and I'm going to do it. And so I had waited, I had desired this for so long in my life. And then, you know, that was my vision. That was the end in mind. That was literally the end in mind. Right. And I got there and it wasn't what I expected. And I, For those of you that, you know, are a part of the GES family, and thank you so much for listening. It just does my heart so good to know that we're still connected in this way and hopefully other ways as well. But I have to admit, it was not what I expected. And it doesn't mean I didn't love that school and that I didn't love my job, but it was just different. And it was so busy and it was so overwhelming and it was so much work and the hours were, it wasn't even that I worked long hours, like I physically was there long hours. It's that the work never stopped in my head. And oh, it just was with me all the time. I'm crying a lot this week, but that's okay. I think tears are tears are healthy. And I'm healing from that experience because even though I had a great staff and I love my staff and, and I had a great team that was supporting me and oh my God, when we get into habit six synergy, I'm talk all about our team because that was the greatest experience of synergy in my life. But when I think back to that experience, I realized that throughout that journey that I I really wasn't getting what I wanted or needed out of the experience. And it wasn't the fault of the school or anyone else. It was just the alignment of where I thought I was headed and what I thought it was going to be. And so when we have those experiences in life, it's really important to go back and reset. And I used to journal and kind of write down what I was really looking for and why I wanted the position and where it was a match. Yes, there were parts of it that aligned to what I wanted and where it wasn't and get really clear on that. Right. And so when you begin with the end in mind, you know, sometimes we're, we're working towards something and we just don't stop to evaluate the meaning behind the busyness 
And we don't stop to focus on what we really want out of life and what really matters to us. So when we begin with the end in mind, it's about having this clear destination. And sometimes we have to understand that our destination, where we think we're headed, might change along the way. That's why we have to constantly go back and and be looking at this. And it's an ongoing habit, right? Not a one-time discovery for ourselves. So for me, as I got further along into my journey in the principalship, what I realized is that I really was looking for a lifestyle change. And it wasn't that I uh, was going to be able to make a lifestyle change without sacrificing because I absolutely gave up a lot and there was a great sacrifice in leaving that position. I absolutely needed to rely on God. I mean, I absolutely had to have faith that it was all going to work out but I had to envision what I wanted, right? And I had to be really, really clear on that. And I would write it down. I would write down like what I wanted to spend my days doing and how I wanted my days to look. And, you know, and and it didn't line up exactly with what the principalship was. And that's why I made a big change for myself. I can think back to another time in my life. I was in um, in a five-year relationship and I ended up getting engaged um, to that person. And I loved him so much. Oh my gosh. But boy, did he have a lot of um, <laughs> crap. I don't know what, what do I want to say? There was a lot of crap, a lot of junk in the relationship. It doesn't mean that I didn't love him though. That was the problem is that I couldn't sort of break free because I had a lack of vision at that point in my life for what I wanted out of a marriage. And here I was about to enter into a marriage and we had been together for five years And I was in this busy season, you know, I had gone to college with him and and I was getting a job and doing all the things that you do. You, you're going and you're going and you make this big life decision and you don't sometimes stop and think about like, Hey, what's the end in mind here? Right. And thank goodness that relationship didn't work out. And that's like, Oh my gosh, I could do a series of podcasts on that. And what I learned from that and that my heart was literally shattered into a thousand pieces. I thought I would never recover from that breakup because, oh my God, I was so, so genuinely in love. And what I didn't see though, I didn't see the end in mind. I, I didn't look that far, right? And I do attribute my relationship to God with that because I, it was one of the first times I remember God being present in my life. I didn't, I mean, I grew up knowing God. We went to church and stuff like not every week, but pretty good amount. My dad never went to church. My mom took us. Um, so it wasn't like embedded in our family all the time, but it was a, it was a part of our family, if that makes sense to anybody out there. Um, and so I knew, I knew God, but I wasn't like close to God. I didn't like talk to God. Right. I didn't, I'd go to church, but I didn't sit down and like pray and, and talk like a friend. But that relationship and that breakup, it was so painful that I had to, I I had nothing else. I feel like that's what I guess it came down to. And so this idea of, you know, gaining our self-awareness to shape our lives, to shape our lives in the way that we want to see the end in mind sometimes does take, or I think it always does take an incredible amount of faith if we're willing. So it's important just to understand that when we begin with the end in mind, that we have to center ourselves first. And we should identify what it is that we're wanting for our lives and start to use our imaginations to play, visualize in rich detail. 
your life and where you're headed and why you're headed there. And this sounds really crazy, but I think being a cancer survivor, um, I've done this many times. I visualized my funeral. Oh my God, I'm going to start crying again. Okay, you all just be prepared. I guess it's an emotional week. But I do this. I sometimes I visualize my own funeral and I think about like, what are people saying about me? And what have I done with my life, right? And what are the relationships I've had? And that has truly guided me into making big decisions, professional, personal, community-related decisions, because I want to feel like I have had a vision for my life and I've been able to execute it. And remember that you don't need to be alone in this process. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. So don't super gluer, get so stuck on what you think the world wants you to be. But instead, going back to the scripture, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. Oh, what is the will of God? He has a good and holy plan for us. And so there may be an aspect of your life within family or career or little things like, you know, your home and and, and what it feels like or sounds like or how, how it's structured or whatever, your career, your relationship with God, some of these areas of life. Focus on that area where you may not be really clear on the vision. And begin with the end in mind, because the scripture says what is good and acceptable and perfect is aligned to the will of God. God's will for us is only good and acceptable and perfect. And we have to discern that. So discerning means we have to pause and reflect and imagine and put it down on paper. Oh, my gosh. And if you want something to happen and change in your life, write it down. And if you don't, don't write it down because it is scary to close, I will say that after that breakup, I began with the end in mind and I literally wrote a list of the kind of man that I wanted and literally like down to every ma- imaginable detail. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh, okay, I see God, this is it. Like, you know, this is exactly what I envisioned and my heart maybe was still even broken when I met Mark. I, I don't think I was fully even recovered from the the pain of the breakup, but I was able to see, even though I was surprised, I was like, Lord, this was way too fast. I met Mark a couple, only a couple of months after um, that that tough breakup. And I was able to, because it was written down on paper and he, you know, he matched, but also not just what's on paper, but it was like the physical feeling of intimacy and love and connection. And I was like, wow, this is what I envisioned and I wanted and I wrote it on paper. So I encourage you, Lord, Lord, your Lord. Yes, you all. (laughs) I encourage you super gluers to trust the Lord that when you write something down and you believe it, it will happen. And I invite you to pray on it. And let's, let's pray on our big dreams together. Oh, Father God, thank you so much for giving us an imagination, imagination that we can use to envision the end in mind. Let us not be afraid to dream big, to know that our dreams are not of this world, but to do good for you, to glorify you, Lord, in your precious name. I ask for every super gluer here to feel empowered, to write down their dreams, their vision, whether it's one aspect of their lives, a small aspect or many aspects, whatever feels most comfortable and natural to them. But Lord, that you will give them the wisdom of discernment 
to align their lives to what you have, what is good and pure and acceptable. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Hey, super gluer, get out there and have a kick-ass day. Bye.